This is BirdieCast. A podcast about making light of life on tour. We're your hosts, professional golfers Maya Schechter and Leslie Klutz. This episode is sponsored by 2GG Apparel, a men's and women's clothing brand that gives 100% of their net profits to charitable organizations. If you still haven't checked out their website, you really should, because BirdieCast listeners get 25% off using the discount code BirdieCast25 at checkout. 2GGApparel.com. Look great. Feel great. Change lives. Welcome back to BirdieCast. Leslie here. Uh, I am currently in... Sarasota, Florida, playing second stage of Q School, and I got to stay with the the Carlos, uh, who are my host family, last year and this year. And um, Jeffrey here, or Jeff, is actually a pretty pretty interesting guy. Uh, retired last year from a big bank, um, and pursued a passion career in being an agent, kind of right. Yes. For Symmetra and LPGA players in particular. Yes. Why did you decide to go that route? Um, I always had a passion for the sport of golf, so it's something that I wanted to do um, in terms of getting involved. I happened to get to know a few players and realized that they needed a ton of help in terms of support outside the ropes, if you will. And um, so I got involved and Specifically, they needed a lot of business help because there weren't many avenues or opportunities to earn money off the course. Um, And that's also limited on the course, especially with Symmetra, as you know. So, um, you know, I got involved. I started to help a couple of players here and there, mostly Symmetra players. And it's um, taken a few interesting turns as I've gone through the year. Um, some have been good, some have not been good, but it's been an interesting challenge. One that I think that ultimately, if the game wants to change the way I think it should change in terms of equality, it's going to take a lot of support from a lot of different people to make that happen. What kind of people do you think? Businesses, I think first and foremost. I think corporate America has not yet seen the value of the women's game the way they probably need to. Um, And I think they've shortchanged it in a lot of different uh, areas. I think the LPGA specifically has done a pretty good job of boosting tournament earnings and the number of tournaments. I think where there's a lot of help that's needed is on the corporate side. So corporations typically look for the best bang for their buck, right, in terms of exposure and, you know, getting the most out of their advertising or whatever it is, which is all absolutely appropriate, right? But there are, and there are many sports that get advertising and promotion and players get advertising and promotion that have equal or lesser ratings than the LPGA, Right, so the National Hockey League is a good example. They don't get a ton of people watching hockey on TV, yet it's on NBC, yet it's on, it gets 
national promotion. It gets advertisements. The players get endorsements. So um, not necessarily that I'm equating the NHL with the LPGA, right? There's two different things. But the fact is that it, you can't always just say, well, it's got low ratings or whatever. There's an opportunity there to promote and, by the way, just to do the right thing in terms of supporting the women's game, which I think a lot of corporations have not necessarily embraced yet. So I think it's, that's... So when I think about people getting back to your original question, people that need help, <clears throat> need to help the game, it's corporations first and foremost. And I think they have done, in some cases, not such a great job of doing that. So what has been the most challenging thing for you that you've experienced this past year? Getting, absolutely getting people in the business community engaged with individual players. Hmm. So they have really, uh, they, the business community, have, unless, you you know, if you're a top 10 player on the LPGA Tour, you're likely doing fine, right? If you're not, you're likely not doing great from an off-the-course perspective. So, and that's what... Like talking about sponsors. Sponsors, exactly. So sponsorships, endorsements, however you want to say it. Whereas the number 100 player on the PGA Tour is probably getting a fair amount of money in sponsorships and endorsements. So after a certain amount, after the top of the top, the cream of the crop in the LPGA, it's not really happening the way it needs to happen. And when it gets to the Symmetra level, you know, it's really Close to not existing. It, it's not exi- I mean, you get free yeah. stuff, right? right? That's important. Right. Yep. Because it, at that level, it helps the player sort of develop. But yeah. you know, you got to eat <laughs> and you got to live. So, and it's not an easy life. So, so I think to me, the number one challenge has been, and what I've been most surprised at, um, has been the lack of support from the from the business community. So, how do you go about like approaching? A business for a player yeah so I think you you know what I've tried to do is first of all work contacts right network networking people you know you know where I where I came from you you mentioned that I came from an organization that was a big bank you know there was hundreds of millions of dollars in their marketing budget right so they have the opportunity to spend that on a lot of different things so when you approach them, you're really trying to talk about what's the value of the relationship. And the value is not just about a logo on a shirt. That's sort of 20 years ago, right? The value is really building the relationship with the brand, you know, and making it mutual, mutually beneficial. And the values in um, creating a relationship where the player can build uh client relationships in a lot of cases. So that's why you see, you know, for example, there's a few players on the LPGA Tour that with like Franklin Templeton, which is a financial services company, they go and play with their financial services client, right? So they have a corporate day where they go literally play. That's a huge value to a Franklin Templeton. So um, so you try and communicate that value to the business, and in the case of the LPGA, it's and f- women's golf in general, 
and this isn't anything new, right? This is sort of in the news all the time. You see players bringing this up. In the case of the LPGA, businesses have just been slow to respond to that in a lot of cases. And it's unfortunate because the quality of the golf, I think, is every bit as good as the men's game, if you look at it side by side. So, you know, I watched you play today. You hit all the shots that you need to hit in order to be a professional golfer. So it's not a quality of the game kind of thing, which is unfortunate. So, you know, but but you just try and communicate the value and, you know, talk about opportunities for endorsements. There were conversations that I've had with companies, um, you know, like the um, the LPGA has the daycare smuckers, mm-hmm. right? The smuckers, yeah. I think. Is yeah, the I think daycare. that's what it's called, or at and, least used um, to be. You know, every, and I think that's important and that's really cool. It's a cool concept, but it would also be cool for all the moms out on tour to be sponsored by Smuckers. Right, that would right? make sense. Because it's logical, right? Yeah. It, it, it applies to what they're, it, it kind of is in line with what they're trying to accomplish. Right. And, um, you know, and, and in some cases, you know, Smuckers may make a decision to go in a different direction with that, which is fine. But, Back to your question, that's sort of the value that you're trying to communicate to them so that you can sort of say this is bigger than, you know, you just putting a logo on your shirt because right. they can they can do that with anybody. Right. right? They're trying to build bigger. And, you know, in, in, in Europe, you, you've probably seen this where these big companies are sponsoring the football mm-hmm. clubs, right, where they're big into – building that big brand relationship with a football club because mm-hmm. they see all those people looking at it and you know right. it's it sort of makes sense on a big level with an individual player it's it's harder right yeah, it's, yeah. that's the challenge yeah so in belgium when i approach um like if i would have talked to a company about a potential sponsorship that's the number one thing they say, like, oh, we only we only sponsor teams. We right. don't we don't do individuals, and that's kind of difficult to argue against. I'm just like, okay, it I is. Know. Yeah, you have to show the value yeah. in what you're going to bring to the table. Yeah. Now, I happen to think, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that in the world that we live in today, with sort of the Me Too movement and equality and what's going on with I think I think I I believe companies have an obligation to start to close that equality gap. So when I see all of these sponsored when I see a um, when I see a massage company do a massive sponsorship on the PGA tour, I think that they could take some of those funds and move it to the LPGA tour too. Because massages are certainly geared towards women, right? In a lot of cases. And they're geared towards men too, right? So it's not just the, and I don't think it has to be a one for one. I think it can be something, right? Yeah. Not, it doesn't have to be. So I think there's opportunities for these companies. And I feel, I personally feel they're obligated to make a difference, um, especially in the world we live in today. You know, if you're not doing that as a company, you're, you're missing the boat. You're, you're, you're ignoring a very large percentage of the population, right? Women, there are more women than men in this country and likely in this world, right? I don't know the data, but 
I'm sure there's all, you know, there's, I know there's more women in this country than there are men. So, so you're missing, in theory, you're missing 50% of the population. Okay. So Jeff, you're a guy. Yes. And that's true. You feel very passionate about equality. Yes. Where is this coming from? Um, I'd say two places. One is the fact that I did get an opportunity to work in a major bank, and I saw through a, lo- a very long time, and I saw um, specifically women treated at times unfairly, right, in terms of pay, in terms of opportunity. This was years ago, right? And Because you're a dinosaur, that's right. I am a dinosaur, (laughs) that's true. But, you know, I also also started in corporate America when, like, there was no sexual harassment training. Hmm. Zero, right? And we, we, at the company that I was at, started to adopt that very early and get ahead of that way back in the 90s, like in the early 90s. And that was not common, right? And now I think that's benefited... The company that I left in the in the spring very much so. So it was really an eye-opening op- opportunity to see. You know, I worked for women, I worked with women. It was no big deal, right, for somebody like me. And the second thing is, I think it was just m- my wife, right. I have a wife who is very opinionated, who is strong, who is smart who worked at the same organization and I saw her maybe get pushed aside occasionally when I didn't think that that was the right thing to do. Hmm. So I firmly believe in equality across the board, like in every walk of life. That's just how I live and how I think about things. So I, when I saw sort of what I perceived was not the right treatment of the female professional golfer, I felt like I had to do something to make a difference. And I still struggle with that because, you know, the the aging thing hasn't gone exactly as I would have expected because of the challenges of getting companies to buy into, you know, what I thought was a what I thought was a twelve to twenty four month effort was pro- is probably gonna be like a five to ten year hmm. effort. And that's yeah. changed my thought process and right. So now I'm actually thinking more about being an advocate for this thing that you guys are trying to, you gals are trying to do with golf and trying to fix it. Because I really believe, yes, obviously men will hit the ball a little bit longer, right? But who cares? The quality of golf is identical. You're laughing at me. The quality of golf is just as good. And arguably, from 150 yards in, it's the same exact game. When you have a 30-yard chip, you have a 30-yard chip. When you have a 15-foot putt, you have a 15-foot putt. There's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing physically that's any different about it. So the game is as good. And in fact, in my opinion, the female game is better. But I know I'm isolated in that opinion probably in a lot of cases at least in the in the world right but that's what i believe because i've watched you hit the ball and i know what you can do and it's every bit as good as the male players so just my opinion (laughs) 
So that's where my passion comes from. Okay. Do you have any advice for players who are looking uh, to approach a sponsor? How, how should they go about it? Be persistent, okay. I think. You know, remember that um, I tell every player I meet, whether I'm talking about business or not, you are the asset, you are valuable, you are worth something, right? And my perspective is, is once you get to a certain level, that something should no longer be free. It should be, you should be compensated for it because you bring value to the table. Your time is worth something. Your game is worth something. So don't ever, in, you know, once you get to a certain level, and let's say that level is the LPGA Tour, right? You know, Symmetra Tour, if you need free balls or whatever, yeah, you should get those free balls because you're out there trying to make it you know, to the tour, and that's an important thing, and you need development like that. But once you get to a certain level, free should be out of the equation because you're just kind of perpetuating the problem. Um, with right, like you're not, you're not helping yeah. um, yes. the others. Exactly. And it, taking free stuff and kind of giving free advertisement correct. while you're supposed to be, well, while you're at a level where you shouldn't be. No, you're a professional. And if, and if one still does that then others will yeah it breaks down the chain pretty quickly yeah and so that's where i hmm. like you know my real passion is trying to lift up this is sort of where i've struggled because it's it was never about me making necessarily money it was never about that and that's kind of you know been not been to totally helpful to me as i've taken on this endeavor but um because it's it's to me it's about lifting up the game and lifting up the individuals who play the game that's what it's about and until the players rally around that and not say oh well, we're going to do this for free or take this for free it's going to be a difficult battle because you have to get to a position where you have leverage and so yeah we don't really have much leverage no that's where you <laughs> have all. to that's where you, you have to get to a position where you have leverage. Yeah. And you tip look, history tells you, if you look at America, right? And even mm -hmm. if you look at the world, it's no different. History tells you that the way people got leverage is through things like unions. Right? And, and I'm I'm not advocating anything like that because you know it's not my business, not none of my business. You guys the players need to do, but the NFL did it, mm -hmm. Major League Baseball did it. NBA did it, NHL does it. So they all have unions that represent them, and they've made the biggest like advances. player unions? Yes, yeah. they all have player oh, unions. Oh, I've never heard of this before. Oh, no, they're all part of unions. So oh. that's they've made huge strides in player payments because they've banded together to be one. And, again... That's a decision that folks have to make. But my only point is, is when you think about approaching a company, just understand one of my favorite TV shows, as you know, is the news. Yes. And I watch a lot of Morning <laughs> Joe. So Mika Brzezinski, I don't know if you know that person. Anyway, she does these seminars on something called Know Your Value for Women. Oh. And she... You watch that. 
I do. And she goes around the country with other successful women who talk about knowing your value. So one of her big things was when she went in to negotiate a contract, she was the co-host of Morning Joe along with Joe Scarborough. Well, he was paid like, I'm going to make this up because I don't know the number. Right. But he was paid like $3 million a year to host the show. And she was the co-host. And it was titled as the co-host. And she made a million a year. It was not even at all. Yeah. Yeah. And she went in and said, I know my value and I'm going to take a stand and say, you need to pay me as much as... And they did eventually. Hmm. Right? But you have to be persistent, right? Right. You go in, you have to just know your value. You have to know that you are worth something as a professional athlete. You're You're the product at the end of the day. So, and again, I've you have to achieve a certain level right. right to really start to make that stand understood yeah. but you all i'm hopeful you all do that at some point achieve the level get to the lpga tour win majors the whole thing and just understand you know the really good example this year was julie inkster mm-hmm. right the hall of famer there was an article written this year that she had no sponsorship on her back right a hall of famer now arguably her career would match somebody like a Tom Watson in terms of majors, Solheim Cup captain. And, you know, I can assure you Tom Watson has sponsors, right? And he has in big, big endorsement dollars. And, and it's appropriate for somebody like a Tom Watson. He's a legend. But Julie Inkster is every bit as a legend as him. So, you know, it took an article for that to come to light and and I think that's that's how I see this morphing for me is I need to bring it to light hmm. that's what I need to do I, I can't it's going to take a lot more than me to solve this problem it's going to take all of you players and time yeah time <laughs> time most of all, I think. yeah but I, I'm, I'm encouraged yeah. I'm encouraged that the LPGA is doing a great job with purses and tournaments and the fact that the game is so global you know, and, and some of it's a United States issue, too, by the way. Because if you go to Korea, they, right. they idolize these players. Yeah, right? especially, I think in Korea, the women are even, like, more respected yeah. than the men. And the uh, companies there support them. Yeah. Which is a big deal. I've never been to Korea, but I've heard that commercials in golf are all women. Huge. Yeah. So, and they've played well on the course, too. We should talk to a Korean girl. Yeah. You should in your birthday. See, like, cast. how the difference. How that even happened. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. See, I love, I love Birdie Cast, by the way. <laughs> what do I you like about Birdie Cast? Uh, Birdie Cast, I've said this a thousand times. Regular people like me want to see what happens behind the scenes, they want to understand how players think. It's why I ask you so many questions. <laughs> About how do you think about this? How do you think about that? Because regular people want to know what it's like to be a professional golfer. Because we're we're average, right? If I go shoot, I shot the round of my life this year. I shot a seventy-one. Wow! First time ever under par. Way to go! I shot par a few times. Here at your home course? Yeah, I shot it at actually the one of the more difficult of the three courses, oh. and it's a huge deal for from the amateur. from the front tees. 
<laughs> no. They were from the blue tees. <laughs> but I'm like a seven eight handicap, so that's a big deal, right? Nice. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's my point. It's like people want to know what it's like. You take that for granted because you do it every day. Yeah. It's... But it's also an interesting life. That's that's why Birdie Cast I think can be successful because it documents It is successful. Well, we have like two million listeners. Uh, exactly. It documents the the journey. Yes. Right? That you're all on and how you live out of the back of your car every week and host families. I bet you there are most people don't even know host families really exist. No. And I yeah. love hosting. <laughs> I mean, you know that. I'm like all over that stuff because I think, I think it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I think BirdieCast also is awesome. I think it applies to everything that, you know, we love about professional sports. We, the general public, because it takes it. It's why, think about it. it you, you ever watch Hard Knocks? No. On HBO where they do you the behind the scenes, the NFL? Okay. And they do this other NHL network does this show called oh, I've heard about In the show. Room. Yeah. Where they take you. That's what Birdie Cast is. That's why Birdie Cast. And it's but it's not at the it's not at the Uber number one player level. No, it's, it's more at the working class. Yes. The trying scrubs. to get there. Well, the you're scrubs. not scrubs. <laughs> no, none of you are scrubs. I watch you all hit the ball. So as you can cool. tell I'm very opinionated. Yeah, that's why I like staying here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're on BirdieCast. Well, I appreciate that. All right, there's a question for you. Yeah. If you had to pick a major win or a Solheim Cup, what would you pick oh. as a European? What's bigger in your world? Well, I really enjoy competing as a team. Yeah. So you. So you, I would pick. I would pick the Solheim Cup. If we win. <laughs> well, even if we lose, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. That's a tough call. About equal. Yeah, yeah. I could understand that. About equal. I think the Solheim Cup is awesome. Yeah. Again. But if I, would, if I could pick a major, it would be the Evian Masters. Really? Yeah. Because I played it when I was 14. And I was almost dead last. Was it a major? At so I played. Sorry, I played it as a. The, there's a junior cup oh, right okay. in front of it, All like right. a couple of days before the practice rounds. So I got to play in that against other 14 year olds from all, all over the world, and I was almost dead last. So if I would like come back years later and win the actual thing, that would be like kind of a statement. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be super super cool. And yeah. is golf in the Olympics again? Yes. Yeah, Tokyo 2020. And how does it? How does one get on the Belgium so there's a, golf team? There's an Olympic ranking that is kind of based on. It's like a world ranking. Yeah. I don't, I'm not exactly sure how it works. It it like identifies a strength of field for the tournament you compete in, yeah. the professional event you compete Computes in. Computes like a number. And it spits out a number, right? That gives you points. Um, so, yeah. And so, is that realistic? Yeah. For you? Yeah, it is. Um, if I play on Symmetra, I'll have to play really well. But if I get on LAT, like that's definitely uh, doable. 
I mean, you just got to play well. Right. It, yeah. No matter where you do, you got to play well, right? Yeah, yeah. But definitely, yeah. This and that would be a big uh, goal for you? Yeah, To absolutely. play for your country? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> awesome. Now, have you ever played in China? Yeah, one time. I played a professional event in China my freshman year summer in college. My mom, um, she reached out to a bunch of people, and um, so I, I got a sponsor sponsor's invite or a wild card. I don't know, whatever they call it. I got to play in a in a CLPGA event, so it's a China LPGA yeah. event. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, they even put my Chinese name on my caddy's bib. So oh, really? it wasn't Leslie Klutz, like it was some Chinese character deal. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even imagine yeah. what that would be. You wanna like. know my Chinese name? Yeah. Ke Le Chi. Wow. Yeah. Ke from Klutz and then yeah. Le Chi, Leslie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so smart. Yeah. You know so much more than I do. Yeah. It was actually really and cool. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> the funniest thing though at this Chinese event was walking down the fairway and this is like hole number six or seven somewhere like mid-round like not a big deal um, and I just had a local caddy this Chinese lady who couldn't speak English she was really really nice so okay not a big deal these other two players um, and we're just on schedule like the group is right in front of us like we're not behind or anything at all just playing a normal round of golf in tournament and these other two players start running to their ball like we tee off and they both start running <laughs> and their caddies start running too and I'm like what is going on I look at my mom who's like spectating and I'm like I don't know what's going on and she's like yeah me neither just keep on walking like you're fine and I was trying to talk with my caddy about that but yeah she didn't really know what was going on either so I talked to one of the girls like on the back nine like I I sought out the courage to right. talk to her in Chinese. Like, yeah, what was going on in the front line? Like, wait, why are you guys running? And they're like, oh, like, just so we have more time at the ball. But you can walk if you want. Yeah, we just want more time at the ball. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. Right. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, it's logical that you take less time than in total. In between, right. Right, but if there's a rules official and you're on the clock, they start timing you when you get to the ball, exactly. so it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't help you much. Yeah, I th- I've never experienced that before. And I just started laughing when she said that. I was That's like, funny. That's good. That's crazy. That's a good one. <laughs> if you had to, if you could play one course in the world that you haven't played. I yet, really don't care. You don't care about no. any of that stuff. The grass is the grass, and I just are I, there sure the courses you find more appealing visually to your eye, or yeah. holes even like a left to right hole, or right to left hole. Is it? Is there anything that you, as you think about uh, golf? I like holes with water, like some kind of lake. When yeah, you, if I hit to hit over hole. water, I think that's really cool. It's funny you hit some good shots over water today. Yeah. <laughs> but when you when you uh, when you're hitting on a hole when you're playing a hole with water, 
say down the left hand side are you playing away from the water are you ignoring the water are you what's your thought process well you take more of a conservative line and then you think of well what's my miss you know you you typically have a miss right so you kind of play defensive on that but then you just make an aggressive swing anyways yeah so in terms of the line is more defensive but the that's where amateurs get tripped up yeah. because the swing doesn't become aggressive. Yeah. And then they end up hitting it right to where yeah. they're afraid of You take to a conservative it. line so you can make an aggressive swing. Right. I think that's kind of the purpose. You don't want to make a defensive swing and then hit your miss anyways, and then you end up in the water. Yeah. That's and then you're like, I should have just aimed in the middle of the fairway anyways. Right. That's what amateurs do. <laughs> We're just like, oh, yeah, well, we don't want to hit it left, but then we hit it left. Because that's what we do. That's why we're called amateurs. Yeah, but courses, I really don't care so much about, like, the name or the prestige. Like, Augusta, like, yeah, I guess I would like to play it. exactly. Yeah, but it's 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 not not something you would decline. Yeah, right, but it's not like I'm going to pay a lot of money to do or, you know, or, like, miss a tournament just to go play Augusta. Like, no. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more about, I appreciate more the quality of the course. So, like, the course I get to practice at in North Carolina is maybe not the most prestigious one. Like, not a top 100 yeah. course or whatever, but the quality is always great. Like it's You high. have the best greens, the grass is awesome. Yeah. So, I really appreciate that. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, really nice fairways. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, most people are yeah, Or pretty views. I like pretty right. views. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for listening to BirdieCast, the number one golf podcast on the internet. How's that?